Hey, just a quick note before we get started, make sure you come to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. The bigger we get, the more likely we'll be able to do live shows and add extra features for everyone uh, at no fee. So, I mean, it's just, you do just a little bit and you get so much free funny. All right, on to the show. Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm still George. And George, are you here? Yes. He's here. <laughs> Stay away from the TV. Do you remember TVs that look like that, George, or are you too young? I absolutely do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had one when I was growing up where I think it had like a knob on the front with only like 17 channels. Mm. You had to like flick the knob. The VHS, like UHS. Click, click. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did as well. I think it was a Zenith. Nice. I'm not mistaken. That's a good brand. Lasts yeah. a long time. They don't make them like that anymore. No. No, I mean, literally, they, they don't. Not even, not even <laughs> close. <laughs> <laughs> Although, with the way gaming is today, some people, they seek those things out. They want to put those in, them, in their game room. Oh. Hook up an Atari. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Nostalgia, man. Curved screen CRT is still the best way to use a light gun. Mm, the other day, yep. my children looked at me and went, what's duck hunt? <gasps> <sighs> I have failed, Brutal. friends. I have failed. Oof. So this weekend, we're getting duck hunt out. What's up? Are you going to be able to use that? I've got the TVs still, yeah. The TVs that you have? Like... Yeah, I've got an old TV. Oh, cool. Just for this. And lethal Word. enforcers. How did we watch this movie and the first thing we talk about is duck hunt? <laughs> <laughs> Because old TVs. Okay. I mean, it's central white, to the white plot. White noise or whatever. It is central yeah. to the plot, yes. Hey, George, had you ever seen Poltergeist before? No. Had you ever heard of Poltergeist? I had heard of it. I mean... Did it live yeah. up to any expectations you might have formed from its reputation? Well, I didn't really know what to expect. I think uh, last week I mentioned that I thought it was like a like a possession type of movie, like a mm. demonic spiritual thing. Um, And then, like... I don't know, at some point today, I was like, wait, Poltergeist is like a ghost movie, isn't it? Hmm. So I had no idea. Like, I had no idea what to expect. So what I was knew your... It was uh, gonna be, I knew it was going to be scary or, you know... A, tr- a try stressful. at scary. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So right off the bat, what's your initial impression? Uh, what what is it? What kind of feels did it leave you with? Nah, it sucked, dude. Oh, okay. Nah, fine. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good night. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> No, it was, uh, for the first, um, I guess, hour of the movie, I was kind of, like, sitting there all, like, stressed out. You know what I mean? Like, you're supposed to. Oh, not stressed out because you hated it? No, 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 no. Okay, that's good. Like, stressed out because the movie was, like, (laughs) trying to give you anxiety. Like, that's what it was trying to do. And so it was working. Um, And then the last 20 minutes or so, it kind of lost me. Okay. I was like, mm, meh. Hmm. This isn't this isn't stressful or scary anymore. You know, like Purple. I think yeah, it was weird. Like when you know, when the bodies started coming out of the ground, mm-hmm. I was like, oh man. Like that was like too much. Yeah. Like I didn't want it to be like like physically scary. I wanted it to stay, you know, in the like the realm. Tree ate a fucking kid, though. You know? So, you were cool with that? (laughs) (laughs) The tree did eat the kid. The tree tried to eat the kid, yeah. Although, did that really happen? I don't know. That's what I was thinking when it was happening. Because that's what my son was saying. He's like, wait, that's going to ease it. I'm like, because I always felt the tree was kind of on the same level as the guy peeling his own face off. Like, was that implicated by the spirits that this is what's happening and it really wasn't happening and it just felt real? Bullshit, man! Or did it really happen? Did the tree actually really pull the kid out and eat him? Dan's gonna say, the tree pulled him out and ate him. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean it, it, personally, I always want to think that that tree didn't really happen, and it was kind of a. Do you personally con- want to think that because you love this movie and you wish it didn't do that? I always had a problem with that. Yeah, because it's okay. Yeah, the yeah. whole movie. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite horror movies because it, it hits every age. When you're a yeah. kid, it hits all your fears. When you were a kid, you know the creepy tree. Uh, losing your parents, being lost, uh-huh. uh, you know, disappearing, mm-hmm. like all these things you will worry about, the creepy clown, like all these things you will worry about as a child, and then it also hits all your worries as an adult. It hits all your worries as a parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to me, it, it hits all those marks. So that's why, and actually as I got older and now that I have kids, I appreciate it even more because now I'm feeling it through the eyes of the parents. When I was a kid, I was feeling it through the eyes of Robbie. And I was like seeing it on his level. Mm. So as a parent, you know, that, that I never even thought of the gravity of your child being sucked basically out of your hands, like gone. So yeah. to me, that, that makes it scary too. Cause it's, and then the mortality question too. Like, that was the, the, the thing that was most unsettling for me. Like what's that? when they were talking about, you know, what happens when you die and how like, mm-hmm. you know, these things don't even know that they're dead and they don't know to go to, go to, to the, the light. light. They don't know that there's, you know, that that's what, what they're supposed to do. And like, I just want to go to the light, man. Like, I want to know I'm dead. But they're displaced. Yeah, but they don't know they're dead, apparently. Right. Well, a wise George said last week that dead people don't realize they're dead. Hmm. Did I? Yeah. I don't know if anybody knows that they're dead. Hmm. Did yeah, I really? You did? Those exact words. I don't know if anybody knows that they're dead. Well, because they don't know anything. Right. Because they're dead. Because they're dead. Now, you remove the coffins coming out of the ground. Uh-huh. Do you still have the same comment? Because everything else... About what? About the ending. Because I think the, the whole false ending was cool. The Scooby-Doo ending. You know, the ending, then the I, ending. I paused it to make sure it wasn't the end. I was like, that better not be the fucking end. Right. But that's that's a good rope-a-dope, because you, you're not really... I mean, you're kind of expecting something to happen, because they haven't gone the credits yet. Definitely. But you don't know, because she said the house is clean. So it's like, right. what's going to happen? I, yeah, she said the house is clean, and then I check to see how much longer the movie was and it was another 20 minutes. I was like, nah, that house yeah. is not clean. I always took it as <laughs> uh, Tangia. Was it Tangia? Is that her name? Tangia? The the medium. I feel like she cleaned the house from the spirits. But yeah. the demon was still there. Yeah, the, the beast. beast was still right. there. Yeah, Because those ghosts never did any of that stuff to the wife and then all of a sudden now she's being basically Yes, and the beast Pre-raped was angry, in obviously. The, in the bedroom. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I was like, was, is, that, is this going to happen? Yeah, so uh, to me it went to the next level. You know, and the clown obviously turning red, yeah. <laughs> turning coat. It's like that, that clown didn't do that before, and now all of a sudden he's, he's dragging mm-hmm. the kid under the bed. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. It ages not completely well, but it ages well enough for me. I mean, I was I so, was a kid when this movie came out. So let's so. get back to the question. The question was, if the coffins coming out of the ground weren't there. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, I think it would be better if it was just the beast um, destroying the house. I don't know about consuming the house, but. Well, I think that fine, was the, the 82, 1982 way of showing like a portal. Yeah, I get it. Like, And it's weird because normally back then, a house with a portal or a uh, opening is normally in the basement. It's usually like a well in the basement or mm. something that's, you know, in the basement. Most houses that are haunted or, or possessed, there's something with the basement. But these houses didn't have basements. So yeah. they had to do the, the basically, <laughs> the portal in the middle of the yard kind of thing, which was weird. But it didn't bother me so much. Just that one, I, 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 once the bodies, the bodies in the pool were fine, because that made sense, but once the coffin started pushing up and stuff, I'm like, that always bothered me. It, it yeah, turned into like know, an Indiana Jones. I don't know if Jones. I like the, even the, I don't even like the bodies in the pool, if it was. But it made sense, because it, 
you know, he moved the headstones but never moved the bodies. So once they... Yeah, that should have been revealed with, we're digging up the pool today. Oh my God, I'm hitting right. coffins. And right. that's how you, that's how they find out, you know, he removed... You don't get the he, cool reveal on the real dead bodies. Yeah, Because well, they were real corpses, by the way. I didn't, I didn't want <laughs> they that. They were. <laughs> they were real bodies. Stop it, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they borrowed them from the Return of the Living Dead set. Yeah. Yeah. Thawed them out, threw them in the water, made some tea out of bodies. Body tea. Body tea. I don't yeah. know. The, fo- the, the, the lore is that they are cadavers. Are you serious? Yes, that's the lore. Uh, that ain't true. Uh, no, now, I don't know how true that is. That ain't true. But that's the lore. Stop, that- spre- yeah, stop spreading disinformation. <laughs> I'm going to remove your post. <laughs> Jeez, man. No wonder you guys Just don't think that tree's real. You think the bodies are real. Wait, that tree is... That the... tree happened because it has to distract the parents. Now... Right, right, right. But I mean, I mean, it's, could, it's a plot the, device. It doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense. could have distracted with it. I don't know. It's one thing if the kid imagined he was in a tree. It's the same thing with right. like all these movies where they play with the idea of what is real and what isn't, but then they give you like concrete evidence that it is real and then later try to say, but it could be fake, you know? Right. It's like Total Recall, like, oh, this whole movie, we've built an argument that this is actually happening in real time, but it could be a dream, but we didn't do the work to support it. That's annoying. So it's that, right? I think I just created it in my head because I was was unhappy with the idea that a tree- Because you wanted to love the movie. Was going to eat somebody. And you fixed it in your head. (laughs) Fixed it in my head. Yes. I have to tell you, though, as I was, because I, I watched the movie a few weeks ago to prepare, watched it today again to be fresh, and as I was walking around watching it on my phone, taking care of the kids today, I realized, like, these guys thought that 12 Monkeys may have been him going crazy. I was like, God, if they think that this stuff is people going crazy, I'm going to go crazy, and now I'm going to go crazy. Because you guys have lived up to my expectations and hopes. There, I, well, you no, guys. I believe, I believe the whole movie was real. Not me. I, I'm not saying that at all. Although there are people on the internet that say that it's all a trip from their bad batch of of yeah weed of, weed. of stuff they were smoking. Yeah, because it didn't really kick in until after that. Then all of a sudden, all this stuff started happening. Yeah, I would never believe that. Yeah, but then but, you had third parties that were in right. the house and seeing all the stuff too. So. Right. So, well, that's no, the problem with the tree thing, too, is, that, you know, if it was just him imagining getting eaten by a tree, yeah, it's maybe the ghost messing with him. But when you right, see the, right. him in the yard with the kids, the sister and the parents seeing him, you have that third-party verification. I, gotcha. I don't know. No. Are, there, are there other um, <clears throat> examples of you know, the spirits uh, morphing things in this movie and them being totally back to normal? And being like, oh, that was just the spirits effing with my just mind. Just the guy pulling his face off. That was it. And there's no third party, right? Nobody sees him pull right, his gross face right. off. So, so that could have been in his mind. Well, he, imag- he sees the stake sliding across the counter. He sees the maggots. And then he pulls his face off. Very Argento. Alone. I dug it. Yeah. He's alone. So Right. So you didn't like the, the little old lady? She had some of the best oh, lines. Oh, she was great. Yeah, okay. I didn't say I didn't like her. Yeah, her, her monologues. Like, I wrote that down. Yeah, the script. She had me on the edge of this yeah. uh, of my seat. She was whispering. And I was like, I can't mm-hmm. barely hear this. I gotta turn it up. I gotta get close but to what the TV. She's telling them, and then I got sucked into it. No, it's fine. <laughs> but the TV. Yeah, I, I came have. over and I hear George and the TV going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Meg's like, I don't know where he is. Now there's one part uh, where the camera goes into the into the the snow of the TV. Like you know, mm-hmm. the TV's all snowy. And you can hear it. No, it goes. The camera goes right, right into it. So the whole screen is filled with that white snow look. Right. But it's your TV right it's in front of creepy. you, and you're like, "Get that off my TV right now!" <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you think I felt when I was a kid? That shit happened at three. I think three o'clock a.m. Yeah. The national anthem would play, and then it would go to. Mm-hmm. So, eighty-two was when this came out, and I was seven. Yeah. So I was right I was right there. So if I stayed up late and I saw that, it creeped me out. Did you see this yeah. in theaters, Travis? No. No. This was a HBO uh 
when my parents didn't know I was watching it kind of movie. Well, because that's one thing. I don't know if we painted the picture for George. I mean, I know we haven't. We ought to paint the picture for George. Hey, George. So it's like, it's 1982. Mm-hmm. Parents are looking at what movies are coming out, and they're like, oh, hey, Steven Spielberg. He just did E.T. <laughs> this movie's rated PG. We love D.T. Kids love oh, D.T. Oh, my God. Let's pack everybody up in the car. Let's go watch this PG-rated movie. Oh, my God. Produced by Steven Spielberg. For real? And that's, that's why funny. this movie is infamous. Like, it fucked yeah. up a whole generation. Oh, man. It did, man. I think this movie is why my generation hates clowns so much. Yeah. Like, it's... it's. Oh, man. Because I did see E.T. in the theater. That was my first movie I ever saw in the movie theater. That came out in 81. That is a very important bit of perspective yeah. here. Wow. Doesn't that blow your mind? Yeah, it does. And Spielberg, although he did direct this movie, he's not credited as the director. Did you notice who okay. is credited as director, George? No. A guy named Tobe Hooper? Yeah. <laughs> Tobe. Tobe Hooper? Tobe. Do you remember Toby Hooper? Uh... Hooper, Hooper, Hooper. He's really creative with the use of garden tools. And specifically uh, chainsaws. <laughs> Hooper, Hooper, Hooper. Massacres, garden tools and chainsaws. Massacres involving chainsaws in Texas. Massacres Leather, in Texas. Leather faces. I'm drawing a blank, guys. Holy crap. No, I'm just playing. Yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> I'm following. But yeah, yeah that guy so directed this movie, supposedly. Somewhat. A little bit. I'm watching this movie, and it's it's basically happening on the other side of the neighborhood that E.T. is happening. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's the same universe. I want somebody to basically make a movie where Goonies, E.T., and this movie are all happening in the same neighborhood. Because it, it, they all have the same feel. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Like, I want to see the Goonies kids ride their bikes past the Poltergeist house. I'd buy that for a dollar. That would be awesome. <laughs> Turns be out like, the, the corpses in the swimming pool are actually pirates. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it had that Indiana Jones kind of feel. It, there were so many Spielberg shots. It had this, you know, the, the Goldstein music. Like it just, let's, like, yeah, let's, let's talk about this movie. Like aside from the plot, like just the, the making of it, the effects, the aesthetics, the, yeah, the, the camera angles, all that oh, stuff. That's good stuff. Because all that, all that stuff. Well, I was gonna say it's all great, but there were some parts where like the practical effects were kind of iffy. Yeah. Um, and maybe not for eighty two, but definitely for today. I like think what? maybe. Well, obviously the the ghost stuff was clearly aged or uh, what do you call it? Dated. I disagree. <clears throat> like the hand, like you could. It almost had like a Disney animated. Yeah, it's feel like rotoscoped like, on top of the film. Yeah. I like it though. I I think I that's like it too. Charming. No, yeah, I liked the. I liked all the. I mean, I would I would call it CGI, but I know it's not CGI. It's different. Yeah. But the the ILM. special effects, special or whatever. Yeah. I thought they were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the practical stuff, like when the guy starts peeling off mm-hmm. his face, you or whatever. At some real point, hands in front of a dummy. Yeah, it, at some point you're like his neck goes away and like mm-hmm. his head isn't in exactly the right spot anymore, and I'm like that, that's that head does not belong to that torso, and I can tell. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I've seen it done like perfectly in some of these zombie movies that we just watched. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of disappointed when I was like, oh, that doesn't even look like his head is on his torso. Right. That's I kind of wish they would have done what they did in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they made the face out of wax and then melted it on screen. It, mm. Like all the wax with the color and everything. So when it melted, you could see the the levels. Yeah. But they wanted to peel instead of melt. Right. So, yeah. the, the I mean, they were primed for melting. Yeah. Like when he splashes his face and it's like, you know, it seems as though that that splashing with the water is what you know, activated whatever this was that was happening. Right. So it was it was primed for melting. Just melt his, melt the guy's face off. Yeah. You know. But I think the the peeling, the skeletal under the skeleton underneath looked fine. It was just the the proportion was off, so it threw everything off. Right. The proportion was off. Yeah. So here's the thing: like, it's a cool idea. I don't know that it really adds much to the movie. Like, does it even really need to be there? Well, they did it to. I mean, I guess they could have just had him scared to the point where he didn't want to come back. 
but they yeah. wanted to really freak him out. He got bit. He peeled his own face. <laughs> like he didn't yeah. come back. But like I don't know, it didn't it didn't need to be there. So I was like, eh. The thing I, I always like had a problem with yeah. was the ghost in front of the door. That was a bad practical effect. This the, at the end after the house was clean. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like a weird stilted kind of you could tell it was it looked like something you would find at Spirit Halloween store mm-hmm. like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Not the to me it was it always even back in 82 I was like, Wait, uh, I also I also wish they would have stuck with anesthetic okay. for the beast. Okay. Right. He looked all kinds of different ways in different scenes. Well, do we only see him once, right? Well, you see him when Steve pulls the rope. When Steve pulls right. the rope. Um, what was that thing that was blocking the door? It was, I, I don't know, like a ghostly formation. I, I didn't know if that was the same beast. I, I don't know what I that was. I thought it had right. to be. That's right. the, you know, I'm thinking if the lady cleaned the, cleaned the house, there's nothing else left. It's not human. Right. It's got to be, it's got to be the beast. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I wish they would have just had like an image, something that they stuck to that was like really creepy right. to symbolize that, to symbolize the beast whenever it did pop up. Gotcha. You want a branded beast? Yeah. Yeah. I want brand. <laughs> no more of this Italian Jello beast. Yeah. <laughs> Stay on brand. Yeah. With your devils. And um, the other practical effect that I can remember that I was like, oh, that doesn't look good is when the little girl was getting sucked out of her bed. Yes. Did you notice that she's not holding on the headboard when she let go, when she's pulled? But and then, then she has the, headboard in her hand the when dummy she's going into, into, yeah. the, into the closet had headboard in her hand. Yeah. So that bothered me. But other yeah. than that, it was fine. Picking she was on good. Children for their behavior in the movies. Very no, that's just tough director. Critics, tough critic. That's just the director not paying attention to the detail. Hey, Steven Spielberg. Uh, oh, wait, to- to- yeah. Toby. Hooper. <laughs> Isn't well, he was he was trekking back and forth from two sets, so <laughs> I I can't fault him too much. And she was so good in this movie. The little girl. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, she was fantastic. I was what's her first name? I know her last name is O'Rourke. Heather, Heather O'Rourke. I, I remember watching and now having a daughter at that age cuz Vienna's 4, going to be 4. I did nothing but see my daughter in that part. Like just her mannerisms when they're at the kitchen table. Same. And you know, they're bantering back and forth. Like that's every morning in my house. So Yeah, <laughs> like same. To, just to hear that was it made it, it hit hard home. I'm I'm sitting there going, "Oh man." And then I remember the times where my my middle son would tell me stuff like, I, w- I went up to hug you and you turned and you had no face. Like he would see things when he slept. Right. And he would say shit like that to me. And I'm just like, okay. And you were yeah. like, go outside like, and he play. Hugged, he hugged me. <laughs> he woke up in the middle of the night and like saw me in the room and he went up to hug me and I had no face. Like these are things that kids say to you and you're like, there's a whole thing on the internet where it's like kids say the, these things, the weirdest things that are creepy and you're like, okay, go out and play, right? <laughs> and then you call the exorcist <laughs> to come to your house because you're like, okay. But yeah, he would, he would say stuff to me. So I'm thinking this movie always pops up in my head when, I, when the kids say stuff like that because I'm like, you don't know what's good. And they're so, they're so more aware of that stuff than we are. Yeah. The same thing with animals. You know, they see and hear things way before we, we feel it. So, yeah, I mean, the realism there is is there. Yeah, some of the practicals aren't, but the characters, to me, are so real. Yeah, you know what was interesting for me? I thought that the little girl in the beginning was creepy. Mm. Um, I think she was made to feel creepy. Right. You know what I mean? You know, that's, that's, how, it was do- that's how it was purposely done. And then by the end of the movie, you're like, she's not creepy. No. She's cute. And she's like, you're rooting for her. Right. You know what I mean? What's funny is they, I mean, they don't really show you this, but the way they do that in the beginning, it's creepy, but then it's, it's like innocent. Yeah. Like you can, you can tell that they've been talking to her and they're feeding her information that you don't know what they're telling her. Right. So to me, that's, that's even better. And then they, little subtleties of, you know, them doing breakfast and she goes right over to the little TV and turns it on. 
and she's sitting there watching this snow. Right. And everybody else is just going about their business. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. Another one of those parental fears that like people are, you know, talking to your kids without your knowledge and telling them things yeah. they're not supposed to know. Ugh. Yuck. Or or lying to them. Yeah. Well, that's that's the whole undertone. Like when you when the old lady's like, yep. talking, and you're thinking, oh my god, they, you know, they got their arms around her and they're 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 lying to her, and, and you're telling, like, that is like the scariest yeah. shit for yeah. a parent. And that's ah. I love when she's telling the story, and she's like broadly telling the story, and then she's like, when you say she, who do you mean? Uh, uh, Tangia. Okay. The, the, yeah. Yeah. The medium. Tangina. Gina. Tangina. And then she hones it in. And says, this is what's happening. Yeah. Like, she tells you the story, and then she's like, this is what's going on. Yep. I mean, to me, that's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, she was great. And they, uh, there's a really cool, uh, I guess a Toby Hooper-directed scene, or a Spielberg-directed scene, but that whole part where they're in the hallway right before they go in the door, when she's like, now let's go get your daughter. Like, she, mm-hmm. makes, she makes Steven yell at the daughter. Carol Ann. Yes. And that's all one shot. And yes. the camera just keeps moving to whoever's talking. Yes. And it's just a single shot. I, I love that. I was like, man, I haven't seen that in hardly in any other movies other than maybe Halloween. But it's not I don't think it's a steady cam. But it's just it it's just subtle. Like the Tangina's talking and it's really low. Yes. And then when Steve steps yes. in the camera, it moves up to him. Ah, oh, I love it. Yeah, see that I don't know, man. There's like for all the stuff that that was in this movie that I didn't care for. There's so much like right. that. There's plenty that I'm love. like, it's there. There's plenty in this movie for me to like. I would, I dude, I'd definitely watch this again. Like, there's plenty that's just like so good. That's why I was getting, you know? I was getting nervous because I'm like, okay, there's so many people that put the thing and Poltergeist on there. You know, scary movie lists. The top one. I mean, there's a couple more we're gonna watch, but it's like he was feeling the thing, but then it's something he might have to see a few times to really appreciate it. I said, if he doesn't like Polar Guys, which is pretty straightforward, this is like, boom, ABC, done. Like, there's no, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, you yeah. know what's going on, especially oh, yeah. you as somebody who's spiritual. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's cut and dry. So I was a little worried. I'm like. Oh. He doesn't like this. I don't know where we're gonna go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. I think like if I just kind of like I de George myself mm. and like just watch the movie for what it is and get my practical brain out of my head for a while. It's a it's a good movie. And like the first watch, like we're hitting you on the first watch. Like movie like this becomes something you love. It's not. Sure. There's probably a lot of people that left the theater when this came out and they were like, what the hell did I just watch? Like you did with the thing. What 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 what, what did I just watch? Yeah, definitely with, with that. And you put on top of that what Dan was saying that, you know, people, <laughs> it's just like everybody that went to see E.T., now they went to go see this because it's Spielberg and they were, it's the same thing with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like you see that and you're like, okay, there's people's faces melting off. There's like all these things happening in this movie. I'm like, uh, I just thought it was maybe a Star Wars type movie, but no, it's a little bit more mm. um, supernatural. Once, you, like I always say, like monsters don't scare me, you know, killers don't scare me because most of that stuff is not going to happen. Minus you know, maybe Buffalo that's Bill. why the last twenty minutes seemed, you know, like meh to me, right? Because like, you know, dead bodies in coffins. Although they kind of. It's like if, they they're, if they're not trying to bit. bite you, they're not scary, you know. No, but it's still <laughs> shocking. I mean, <laughs> I, to me, it it wasn't like oh, the bodies are coming out of the ground. They're not. The bodies aren't coming after them. It's they've been kind of building. The beast up. is pulling them. Well, out no, they've the been ground. building up that there's there's seismic activity going on there. Yeah, there's there's earth shifting. They just had a six point five, you know, earthquake. The night that mm-hmm. the hole was burnt in the wall, mm-hmm. like they were purposely telling you, there's more going on here than just ghosts. Yeah. So I was able to suspend my reality a little bit with the coffins coming out because it was happening everywhere. It wasn't just happening at that house. Right. 
and it was we don't know there could have been an earthquake happening right then there could have been a shift going uh, on i don't know if there's any practical explanation for that trav i don't know i don't Man, think so i think you might be missing the subtext a little bit guys what's that well and before we get too deep into that let me just say I love the idea of the ancient burial ground where they move the tombstones mm-hmm. and don't move the bodies. Why? Right? Like that <laughs> insane delivery from Craig Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. Coach, come on, coach. Let's do a take two. But, uh, okay, so a little bit of subtext I, I noticed in this one that I, I adore, but I think is going to be controversial. So buckle up, dude. Okay. But before you go on this, because I, I, oh. it's going to sidetrack this, the... The second movie kind of touches on who the beast is, and he's like a preacher from the 1800s that okay. kind of had like a cult of okay. people, and they all kind of were buried at the same time kind of thing. Okay. So there, there's a sub story there that you don't know yet. It's kind of like the Laurie Strode has a story you find out later. That's a cool... Uh... That's a cool little Yeah, he's like an, it's 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 kind of a cool. The sequel's not as good, but the sequel has adds more to no, it. No, yeah, that's a cool little part of the story because it ties into what uh, the medium was saying about how like he's you know keeping these people away yes. from the light and and he's using the 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 girl to to distract them and to you know. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like something a cult leader would do. Yeah. Yeah. So Definitely. it's like you have that and then you have subtext that he's talking about, Dan's talking about with the ancient burial ground, which I think comes up later on as well. So, okay. Full disclosure. Ahead, I've not seen Poltergeist 2 or 3. Okay. Uh, I don't think I want them. Okay. I think I'm happy with this movie as it is. Uh, My concern is from hearing what you just said about the the kind of filling in the gaps in part two, it sounds more like certain slasher sequels I'm thinking of where they introduce an idea in a general sense in the first movie or the fifth movie. And then in the following movie, they're like, okay, how, how do we fill in these gaps? Cause we can't mm. just leave gaps that already exist. Cause people want to know what's in the gaps. And then they find, they like reverse engineer, like, okay, well we're already here. So what can we cult le- cult leader? Right. Like all mm. of a sudden, thorn is it? Uh, yeah, like, but it's not. It's not like the thorn. I know what you're saying, but it it's just more feels like thorn. I have to watch the movie, I guess, to fully. Yeah, judge. it's more like a think of the crucible kind of thing where you have like you have these people that are following this guy who's obviously of the cloth, but is not a good person. This movie definitely should have been based uh, on the East Coast. Hmm. Maybe Haddonfield. <laughs> all of the walls would be too thin yeah the walls would be too on the set so that wouldn't work the best part about it Dan is if you do even watch it on fast forward the man who plays the pastor is is really really creepy and Interesting. really good he's really good he's like he looks like he's 175 years old hmm well there are things I'd be interested in I guess seeing how they treat and here's why uh, there's some subtext in this movie that we haven't addressed yet that is there and is wonderful, but at the same time, I think would ruffle feathers. Mm. So hold on to your butts. Did you notice what book Craig T. Nelson is reading in bed? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Reagan, the man. Reagan, the early 80s, right? Like the new yeah. Reaganomics, like the new thing, right? And this is 82, so this is right around the time. Greed is good. Trickle down. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You have Craig T. Nelson on the bed reading the Reagan book. He's got the new, like, edgy kind of, uh, you know, fiscally responsible and successful kind of businessman thing going on. But if he's reading the book, right, he's not there yet. He's he's learning. He's moving toward this goal of the early 80s, which is financial success and conservatism. Meanwhile, his wife is in the back smoking doobies, right? So mm. in the 80s... I imagine the the perspective on this is like, oh, she's doing a thing which people see as bad, and he's doing a thing which people see as good, but then the movie flips it, and she's the one that figures out what's going on, and he ends up in cahoots with the people responsible for this whole like spiritual busting out of the ground thing that ruins the whole neighborhood. So that's Mm. fun. 
they switch it on you. You're like, oh, this is the good guy. Oh, she's going to be the troubled one because in these movies, that behavior is going to get you in trouble. And then it doesn't because she's fine. That didn't that didn't age well. No, because I didn't even think uh, it. I didn't think that I could. When I saw the book, I was I was kind of thinking that's going to come up. Oh, and it does. But I never one casket at a time. I never looked <laughs> at. Yeah, I didn't look at her as somebody who was tropey as going to be somebody in, in like I always looked at her as a mother the whole time. Like she was nothing else but the the foundation of that house. Like I I never looked at her as anything else as even though she was smoking pot. I didn't look at it as anything else other than the fact that parents need to unwind. Other other than the pot, she reminds me a lot of my wife. Yeah, I mean she that's I mean, I don't know your wife on 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 that level, but I I'm assuming. No, I mean, like, yeah, be right. Very loving, right? Strong woman, In like control of, yeah. You know, makes a good cup of coffee. Long, long, long dark hair, and you know, <laughs> nice legs. <laughs> you know. See, I did, I did. <laughs> she's over there. She's watching. <laughs> I did feel the because I know in the '80s that time period was big on the satanic happenings in. Who's who's big on that? Uh, in the suburbs, like there was a there was a big to do about satanic, not rituals, satanic but satanic panic, man. This panic, is a little early yeah. for that though, and I I can't help but think that stuff like this in the early eighties probably helped contribute to a little mass hysteria. Well, I mean, you're thinking like the Marilyn Manson time period, but no, I'm no, no, I'm talking the, late eighties, Oz, back, back yeah. when they used to train. Oh my God, George, do you know this? They would train. Police departments would create training videos for other police departments on how to recognize satanic activity. Okay. But it was yeah. based on, like, hysteria. It wasn't a thing. I mean, it goes back yeah, well, to the yeah. early 80s. Like, even, like, Black Sabbath era. Like, hmm. it was a big thing in the evangelical, you know, everything was satanic. Yeah, everything. I think I recall... Um... I, I think I recall a lot of that just from like my music history. I don't mean like music history, but like, you know, what I know of mm-hmm. the 80s. Like even early, early wasn't Metallica. Like, wasn't like Tipper Gore big? Yeah, but that's that's the 90s. That was the 90s. Yeah, okay. that was the 90s. But there there was many periods of that. Like I would say it's probably 35, 40 years total where it was a big thing. Where well, there yeah. was all the stuff in the 70s where it was like, if you play right. the record backwards, the devil speaks to your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they so buy lunchboxes with painted faces on them. <laughs> yeah, kiss. <laughs> so it's like it's it's been around, that mentality's been around for a while. So I always looked at it as this is the suburbs basically being infiltrated by the beast. Like it was, yes. yeah. Uh, even that layout of the neighborhood looks like a cemetery. Like all the yeah. houses, it's yeah. like plots. Mm-hmm. So those things I was picking up on the Reaganomics lost. I, I even though I know what that is. I wasn't even thinking that. No, even I, I saw the book. Well, I yeah, mean, if you I imagine, I saw it. Like in in kind of a not so subtle but kind of ham fisted way, uh, it's like you know, uh, on on the burial ground, like upon the corpses of our, you know, misdeeds, we've built this entire neighborhood. Right, we're all living on top of the corpses of our misdeeds, and now it's like coming to bite us in the butt, man. Yeah, what Dan what Dan is saying, I definitely saw. I knew that the Reagan book was there for a reason. Yeah, it was to it was Absolutely. too much in your face to not be. And I just I just thought of it as like he's you know he's an executive in this real estate right. business. I read it as the same you thing. Know? Like that here's here's a guy who works in the real estate business. They're basically building houses faster than they can sell them. Mm-hmm. And and the boss, his boss, is such a... No, they're blunt. selling houses faster than right. they can build them. Were they? Because he seemed to be just showing houses and everybody's going, well, I don't know, But it's he sold small. 70% of the neighborhood. But he sold a lot of houses, but I don't know. Okay, so they're selling houses faster than they can build them. And his boss is living on the hot, you know, the hog, and mm-hmm. he's not taking care of the people underneath him. Like, I was reading <laughs> literally. that. Literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> literally. I was reading that, that that commentary on the 80s capitalism. Oh, yeah, man. And it's not just than, Reagan, but he's just, he gets to be the figurehead of all these right. things because of the times. But but then again, like, it's it was the growth after the Carter administration, which was basically death of economy for a while. 
So it's like dead, living, dead. It's it's fluctuation That's up and kinda down. Kind of how economies right. So go. it's like it just depends on who's in office and who can say it was this guy's fault. Well, and it's interesting yeah. timing with the emergence and kind of unification of the new evangelical right behind Reagan. Right. And now you've got the demon and the beast. It's interesting. But I mean, you got to have that, even if you're not making a political statement. If you're telling a story about a, a I don't want to say a ghost story, because it's more than a ghost story. Mm-hmm. You're telling a story about a possessed land. You're gonna yeah, and it's possessed because of greed, right? So you're like gonna, it, it, you're it wouldn't be otherwise, that. yeah, right. My whether they whether evangelicals supported a certain guy or not, you're going. It's going to come up just like the the one uh, investigator is very into spirituality, and she's talking about where we go and what's heaven, this mm-hmm. and that. Like you're dealing with spirituality, so those subjects are going to come up no matter who was president. So I don't know if the book meant yeah. that or if the book had the point at the greed the greed of the business that he was in. It's all interconnected. I think it was the latter. Yeah. Yeah. You know what though, but, man? This is my second favorite Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever beats the first. But I mean it's so well tied to the Ghostbusters franchise. Like nobody ever yeah. ties them together. But I mean, Ghostbusters is just the story of those three guys and nobody peels their face off. I, I I wish they were in the same universe. That would be freaking awesome. I'm just glad this movie didn't have a a ghost BJ. I'm not a big fan of ghost BJs. <laughs> I think they just had an idea, and they. I mean, maybe it's all in his head, though, off. right? Oh, that's yeah. a pun. <laughs> Are we doing Ghostbusters? We should at some point. You've oh, well, you've seen that, George, haven't you? I think George I've seen, seen it. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. See, then we can just talk about it because you've seen it. Yeah. Mm. I could watch it again. I love that movie. I like that you were like, oh, I thought it was going to be a possession movie, but oh no, it's going to be a ghost movie, and then it's a ghost movie where the whole like area is possessed. <laughs> so it delivered, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it did. And uh, and I'll say like as like the final thing that I'll say about this movie is like, how did it make me feel? Right. Mm-hmm. Stressed out the entire time. It's a success. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I view it. Yeah, I'm stressed out the entire time watching this movie. Then that's what it was trying to do, and it it, it did it. I had seen it probably 50 times in my lifetime, and I was still a little stressed. Even though I knew everything was going to happen. <laughs> watching it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but because I'm I'm finally watching it as a parent. I've never watched this movie as a parent. I've known of the movie, but in the past 15 years, I've never watched this movie. I've only watched this movie as a parent. Right. So that new stress and, and it kind of put things in my head about being a father and what would you do and how, how, uh, you have to be, you know, obviously it's cliche, but you, how strong can you be for your family in that situation? Like it was, it it was weird watching the movie as a parent, even though I've seen it so many times as a non-parent. Yeah. It's like a new movie for me. Yeah. And that, that scene at the end where he puts that TV out on the front and he's like, no, I'm done. <laughs> That's, That's so good. something I would do. Yeah, like, yeah. Not only would I put it outside the room, but that shit would have hit the ground. I would have thrown it yep. over. <laughs> I don't even want it at my door. Yeah, at, get this out of here. Dan, did you notice the room number? I didn't. I didn't know. What is it? I found out. Well, I, I knew this a, a long time ago. Somebody pointed it out. Uh, the... TV at the very beginning shows it's 2.37 in the morning. When it goes off. When it plays a a certain song. (laughs) Yeah, and when she comes downstairs and she starts talking to TV. That's the room number in The Shining. So when we watch The Shining, it's going to be... Apparently there's a lot of Kubrick references. I can't wait to watch The Shining. So it's like... uh, And I had never known that, but I found... I remember somebody saying it, and then I heard it. I was reading something, I was, and they mentioned that room, and I was like, oh, that's right. It's 2.37 in the morning. So it's like, how many other things happened in this movie for a reason that you didn't ever look at it as a reason? Yeah. So it's always good to watch these movies over and over again, because I never knew that. Yeah. So it's room 2.37. <clears throat> room 2.37. Not at the end. Not the motel. Uh, oh, but the, I thought we were asking what room. What? Hold on. What? What's the room number in the motel? I gotta know. The the next door room number I think was two eleven, so it had to be what two o nine or two thirteen. 
I think that's what I saw because I actually looked at the room number for some reason. Might be a tangential relation or uh, reference to Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, which came out right around this time. <laughs> no, no, probably not. <laughs> I think the two um, two seventeen is there. I think that means something. Give me the, uh, the give me the controller. Well. I'm going to rewind it because we're we're I I still have the movie up he on the, the TV. Up. I want to see what the room number is. From what I heard, the two thirty seven is the room number in The Shining, and two seventeen, which is. When they're pulling away from the room. All right, so 211, 213. So this has to be 209. But the room in Stephen King's book is 217, hmm. not 237. Hmm. Interesting. So you can't really make out their door, but as it slides down the hall from their room, you get 211. And then 213, so that makes their room 209. Holiday Inn, man, they've rebranded well lately. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, they sure have, haven't yeah, they? This, <laughs> looks like, this is like a road Looks side. like a Vegas strip sign. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk enough about Holiday Inn's improvements. So great job, really Holiday Inn. Yep, great job. <laughs> so did Maybe we should, con- we should reach out to them and see if they want to sponsor yeah. us. Ooh. Cheetos did too because che- that bag yeah. was not appetizing. There was a lot of good product <laughs> placement in this yeah. movie and very boring packaging. Mm. I kept yeah. being distracted by that. Still delicious, though. It almost reminded me of uh, Wayne's World when he was like, yes. Doritos? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so sad when people only do things because they get paid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other funny thing, my son asked me, do remotes really do that? And I was like, yeah. They used to. No. Yeah, they used to. No. We used to have a cable, a Gerald cable remote that we could turn the channel on the house behind us. See, you could turn the channel, but like all they would have to do is, uh, I don't know, that scene frustrated me because it was such like a, they were acting like it was something that they were both doing by accident, but that they were just like not caring about their neighbor, right? Like they're selfishly just changing it to what they want. But for you to actually change your neighbor's channel like that, you would have to like maliciously be pointing the remote out your window. I think that's what was happening. I think they were both just getting at each other. I don't know, man. That scene didn't play. Like, the technical brain in me just kept saying, I don't think this is how this would happen. Yeah, well, I mean, he voted for Reagan, so, yeah, he doesn't give a shit about his neighbor. (laughs) I don't know if he voted for Reagan. Maybe he's just getting on board, man. I'm just playing. Maybe he's learning Getting on the train. I do love... Man, we, we should talk about this up front. This movie... Waste no time with the is it or isn't it, right? Like, it happens. Right. Everybody figures it out, and we're on board and running in five minutes. There's not a lot of this back and forth, like, oh, I saw something, but you didn't see it, but maybe it'll do mm-hmm. it while you're here, but it didn't do it while you were here, but I promise when you were not here, it did this thing. No, fuck that. It's just like, hey, go. I, ex- yeah. I was expecting that. If I liked this it so movie much was made in 2004, it would have taken an hour before that chair moved. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it happens in the first 20 minutes of the movie. She's already sliding across the floor. They get right into it, and it's like, okay. Thank God. And, and <laughs> Thank those, God effects, those effects were great. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, you know, with the with the chairs being out, and she pushed them all in, and then she turns around and turns around again, and they're stacked up on mm-hmm. the table. It's like, you didn't expect stacked up on the table. Those are really well, cut, the... too. I mean, they, they, they nail yeah. that shot in such a way that it's just like, way to go, Steven Spee- and Sh- Toby. And Shyamalan pays homage to that in The Sixth Sense because the mom is constantly complaining about drawers and yeah, stuff being yeah, left yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. And then she closes everything, turns, I mean, obviously through different movie magic, she basically a split second goes by. She comes out of the fridge and everything's open again. Yeah. Like, you can tell this took a little bit of time. They wanted the full shot. They didn't want to edit right. any cuts. So, yeah, Shyamalan totally was like, you know what? I'm going to do my ver- <laughs> my version of that scene. It was great. And it's great because her reaction is just like Joe Beth Williams. Like It's like a, like a holy shit moment where we all have that moment because you weren't expecting that. Even though no. you know it's a polar case, you thought it was going to take forever to get to that point. No, yep, yep. And also, I thought, you know, the chairs would just be out again. Right. No, the chairs are stacked They're up stacked. on the table beautifully, like <laughs> it, it, like like a piece of art. It's like what the f- yeah. <laughs> There's and then a design it's exciting to it, man. It's intelligently designed. Yeah. Man. And then although and I and, and I appreciated her attitude about it. Yeah, like, well, she's kind of a hippie chick. She was like freaked out. Like but she was excited about no, it. No, no, no. Right, right, right. <laughs> but she was, you know, when she was talking to 
her daughter, right? Who was just staring at the mm-hmm. the white noise on the TV. And she's asking her about like, can you see the TV people? Blah, blah. Like she's concerned. She's kind of freaked out a little bit. And then she sees that and she's like, she, you know, she's freaked out at first, but then she's like, well, this is harmless. I think she was relieved that her daughter wasn't insane. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Because she, she was asking her when she was interrogating her, she's like, when you said they're here, like, what did you, like, what did you mean? And then right. by the end of that scene, she's on board. She's like, okay, we're yeah, both, they're here. We're both saying this, and my daughter's not insane. Yeah. Robbie's a little insane because <laughs> trees are eating him. <laughs> and if you notice, remember when she said, uh, she said to her husband, you know, to be open-minded. Right, like you like used to be? Like we used to be, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. That's yep. what happens. He's on an arc, man, even before the movie starts. It's really... Definitely. It's a well-crafted film, much like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, right? Definitely mm. a Toby <laughs> Hooper kind of thing. <laughs> the other cool thing I noticed was when you think of a ghost story, you automatically, like a ghost haunting, you automatically think of an old house. Yeah, uh, yeah. Generally, generally, yeah. And with this, it's a brand new neighborhood, a brand new house. Yeah, no one's died there yet. Right. It's there's that no, you know, of. you know, hundred and fifty year old, you know, lore, town lore about this house and how many people died there, and you know the creepy well in the basement. Like it's just, it's a brand new house. It's funny. I was telling Meg towards the end of the movie, I was like, you know, this is like my biggest fear that like we finally buy a house and it ends up being like this. <laughs> it ends up eating us? <laughs> like this, like a combination of this movie and Money Pit. Mm. Yeah. No, that sounds about like homeownership, <laughs> really. Yeah, it is basically, like it's, it's like, what is it, Tangina says, uh, it, play, it plays into your fears, it knows what scares you, it has from the very beginning. So, that's what's more scary as a homeowner than... <laughs> The closet eating your child. <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't know. I never thought of that. But yeah, even like the small things as a homeowner. So I'm going to be able to watch this movie as a renter and then as a homeowner. Right. And it's going to hit completely different for totally me. Totally different. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it kind of also plays into the same thing that Halloween does where you think you're safe. You're in a neighborhood. Yeah. And Halloween does it like, but they totally Halloween play into that security, great. like your false sense yeah, of security. Yeah, yeah, but I think Halloween is takes the cake on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Sure. But I mean, it's two different. To me, it's to, two totally different angles on the same thought. Yeah. You could live in the city and be susceptible to being robbed, being followed, whatever it is that happens in the city life. You right. know, oh, my car is gone, or here goes another guy trying to get money from me, or this and that, or just the congestion of, and mm-hmm. the noise and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're in the suburbs, and you're supposed to be safe from that. Your neighbors, you know their names, you cook out with them. Change your channel. Change your channel. <laughs> but in the end, your house tried to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's some pastor demon that's trying to suck your daughter into the closet. Well, I'm sure that book at the beginning was a total coincidence. <laughs> I, think, I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'd be curious to. Hey, let's get Steven Spielberg oh, on the show. Definitely, let's I'll call him. Steve and be definitely. like, "Hey, man, that movie you didn't direct, <laughs> but like, we all know what's up. <laughs> we all know you did. I mean, it had a freaking dolly zoom at the end. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's the Steven Spielberg dolly zoom. Like the one shot the to me that really hallway, looks. Yeah. Toby Hooper is the opening shot of the car driving down the road. I'm like, yeah, I could see that. This looks like chainsaw. Like, okay. Yeah. But then the and second the body's shot, in the pool. But the second shot, it's the guy on the bike coming up the hill with all the kids on bikes. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is Steven Spielberg. Sorry. Oh yeah. Toby's done. He's back in I his saw, trailer. I saw a bike fly past the moon in the scene prior. <laughs> like it, it's it's completely the trick or treating <laughs> scene in, in ET. Like yeah. it was probably shot with the same damn camera. <laughs> probably, yeah. It's amazing. Oh it's man, the... I think we found one that George kind of liked. Yeah. Dun, dun, yeah, I did. Dun. For all of its warts, I liked it. Holy mackerel, guys. So what are we uh what are we watching next week? Ooh. Hey Travis. What should we make him watch? <clears throat> the problem is this movie well, makes me think that all of our check uh, like our next 10 movies are all going to be interesting discussions. Yes. 
But where do we go from here? Uh, so, before I say this, would you consider this movie science fiction or horror? A little bit of both. Did you consider The Thing science fiction or horror? The Thing was more science fiction than this. Okay. I think. But also, a little bit of horror. Okay. So, our next movie, I'm very excited about this. Okay. Have you ever seen The Exorcist? Oh. I don't know if you're going to be allowed to watch it here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I you was watching... You coming to my house for this. <laughs> I, was watching, <laughs> I was watching this movie, and I was like, holy crap, Travis's house was a den of sin. Mm. Just like my parents said. I didn't have any dead bodies in the basement and or the backyard. But. <laughs> have I ever seen The Exorcist? The only exposure I've had to The Exorcist... I was at a rock show at a hole in the wall in Philly. Mm -hmm. And someone was outside, I believe just on their own, uh, projecting the exorcist on the side of the building. And there was a couple people just like standing around watching, chilling, watching. So it was like a free screening of the movie on the side of the building? I don't think it was planned. I think someone just showed up and played it. Gorilla screening? Yeah, a gorilla screening. <laughs> and I watched a, a a good amount of it. Really? But I was so drunk. Hammered. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I I'm gonna say I don't know. Have I seen it? No. No. Okay. But like what could you tell us from that information that <sighs> you tell you us about gathered? your experiences with the Exorcist, George. The movie, not what happened that one time. Oh, uh yeah. Um I think I know how it ends. Okay. I think I know how it ends, but I don't think that that's really important. No. You know, a roller coaster ends with you getting off the roller coaster. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Right. So, I mean... Yeah, if you see me getting off a roller coaster, it doesn't mean that you experienced the ride. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Let's just Let's just do it. I mean, I, everybody knows what the plot of The Exorcist is. Or do they? I mean, don't be so... Uh... So sure I'm sure it's Reg- Reaganomics. I mean, even yeah, it's Reaganomics. <laughs> it's Reaganomics. Well, I mean, even I do, so everyone should know it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I know. Th- I know that it was a long, drawn out, you know, many tries to exercise this girl, and it are doesn't you, end are well. Are you confusing this with the exorcism of Ev- Emily? Rose? I have never seen a lick of that movie. Okay, because. I'll be interested to see. Is it not as drawn out as I as I remember it? Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. No, matter. It doesn't let's matter. just watch it. Yeah, let's just watch. Yeah. It. Mm. Hmm. I'm excited. I'm really mm. interested to see how our similar but different perspectives, all three of us, what how we see this movie because I think we're going to see parts of it very similarly. Right. And that won't necessarily be the same as our audience. And I think at certain times we're all going to see three different movies simultaneously. Mm. Well, I know I'll save it for the pod, but I won't. Like for me, I, <laughs> I've seen this because we're on the pod. I've seen this yeah, movie. Yeah, we're on the pod. Speak freely. <laughs> I've seen this movie at different points. Kind of like the Poltergeist. I've seen it at different points in my life. So I see it for well, different. Well, you've also, yeah. Well, I've seen it for different reasons. Not to get too personal. Right. But, well, I'm a convert, so yeah. So you was, probably watched it before you had any. I've seen it. Oh well, you you saw it as a non, and then as I a saw it converted. as a non, and then as a, yeah. Interesting. So I my take on it is is probably different than others. Like I've seen this movie as an agnostic, and I've seen it as a Catholic. So. So then here's a question, and our listeners need to know: uh, which cut is he going to watch, the original or the unrated? Extended. The longest one. The one with all the goodies. All the way to the balls, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're watching the Fincher cut. (laughs) (laughs) We're watching the Snyder cut. (laughs) Yeah. Man. What's funny is I also watched this movie in college. So I watched it even on another level because I watched it in psychology class. And I watched it frame by frame. And I learned about subliminals and I learned about all that stuff. So, yeah. Oh, this is going to be a good episode. Movies off the chain. Hey, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) 
for a 70 year old no how old is that movie what, what year it came out 72 yeah. so it's God, like 72 years yeah. old 49 before years texas old? chainsaw Thank you so much for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. You can find us on YouTube and on all podcatcher applications such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc., etc. We're everywhere you want us to be. Be sure to join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. We're also at Twitter and Instagram at remedialfilmpod. You can email us remedialfilmpod at gmail.com or you can join our discussion group on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash remedial film pod. And there you can interact with the cast and suggest new movies to cover and discuss the movies George has already seen and tell him how great he is or how dumb he is. You know, it's up to you. You do you. Join us next week for William Friedkin's The Exorcist. Oh, man. I'm excited. I haven't watched in a long time. I might come in with a new, you know, it's been a long time. See, and I'm going to watch it with my son, who's probably going to lose his shit. He's not going to be able to sleep for a month. <laughs> he told me he had a couple uh, thoughts after watching Poltergeist, so I can imagine. <laughs>